When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and also on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you always, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board that awesome network. Really appreciate it. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The All-Star break is over. Whether you like it or not, it's, well, we're, we're, we're back playing again. The Minnesota Wild played one game since then, just last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Timberwolves played in Chicago as well and lost. What the heck? Listen to that show tomorrow, Timberwolves Explosion. They lost to the Black, they lost to the Bulls. I don't know, it's like Minnesota just seems to find a way. I don't know, every time it's a good season, you find a way to just start kind of falling apart as the season progresses. I'm sorry, I'll get off of that right away. Um, well, the Wild won over the Chicago Blackhawks, 2-1. to one, Not the most exciting game you ever saw. And then we have three games to preview coming up as the NHL season hath continued. Duh. Yes, sir, we can jump right into the Blackhawks. Now, I think this is going to be three segments. I keep kind of wavering back and forth, wishy-washy Charlie Brown in the back of my head right now. Old wishy-washy. At least Lucy won't pull the ball away from me because uh, I'm not falling for that one. Um, yeah, just like with the Wild, I'm not falling for, oh, hey, they, they beat the Blackhawks, you know, and we're worth four points of the uh, postseason. Sure we are, sure we are. Uh, yeah, we're just right there. We're just knocking on the door of the playoffs. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, but Zach Crazy, you know, he's going to get a hat trick against us if we play against the Avalanche in the first round. He's going to kill us the whole time. And then uh, Suter will beat us up and injure Kirill Kaprizov again if we play against the Stars again. And, you know, and then uh, Jason Robertson will get 15 goals against us. Yeah, you know how that works. Anyhow, <clears throat> and we'll score one goal on like 700 shots. Sounds about right, actually. It really does. Um, then we have Fleury Night, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. is going to be a celebration that night with Marc-Andre Fleury and all that. So it's the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up. There's also a really cool book coming out. What's it called? Mirage of Destiny coming out, uh, coming out very soon. Looking forward to that. Talking about the 1990, 1990 and 91 North Stars. That is, wow. Um, it's a little on the pricey side, but it's like 35 bucks on Amazon. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, if anybody's in, I'm in. It's, it's, it's the North Stars, dang it. And that was one of the most magical seasons in Minnesota sports history. Unfortunately, did not uh, parallel with the Twins later on that season. Unfortunately, doggone it. I wish it did. But, I don't know, Pittsburgh had like 19 like star players. Holy cow. I mean, just look at the 1991 Pittsburgh Penguins lineup, say like Hockey Database. You know, just look at that team and look at who was on that team and how productive they were. <clears throat> Even the guys that were hurt and out for a significant amount of time. That's the thing. It's like, 
holy cow. <laughs> you consider who we beat. You know, Chicago, best record in the NHL. St. Louis, second best record in the NHL. Edmonton Oilers, defending cup champions and all of that, you know, in, in the, uh, during that season. North Stars had the easiest time with them, if you can believe it. And then uh, Pittsburgh, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> My goodness. It's like Normandy, for Pete's sake. Too soon? But, uh, no, I, I, you know, that was like Normandy, unfortunately, especially after the 2-1 to lead in the series. Then it was Normandy after that. Yeah, damn it, you know. Anyhow, the 2-1 to win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, you know, hearkening back, hearkening back to the good old days, eh? the Blackhawks and the Penguins. You know, it's so familiar. It feels like we're right back there again. No, it doesn't, except for the fact Chris Chelios was uh, on the desk on TNT. This was a nationally broadcast game. Yeah, naturally broadcast game. <laughs> well, I'm glad it was. I, it was fun to watch. You got to see the Felino brothers uh, be productive. Of course, Nick Felino with his 10th goal of the season. Tying it up after Jake Lashini from Vinny Lattery. You know, they're part of that. Uh, yeah, they're part of that. You know, <laughs> they're part of that group. I'm just messing around. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, Vinny Lattery had a hell of a game. Let's be honest. Uh, Marcus Felino had the game winning goal. Brock Faber started that play. Vinny Letary, patient, patient, waiting, and kind of put it on net, sort of, kind of, sort of, and Polino directed it into the net for his ninth goal of the season. Celebrated that tight end, that one tight end for the Chiefs style, kind of. I don't know. I don't want to think about that guy. <laughs> Come on, Marcus, stop trying to look like him. I don't even want to think about it. Go 49ers, that is all. <laughs> Go uh, 49ers. Marcus Foligno, yep, ninth goal of the season. Nice game for him. Obviously one of his better games of the year, I'd have to say. Again, which, you know, it, it is what it is. Brock Faber, though. Brock Faber. Outside of Vinny Letary and Jake Lashini having, you know, very feel-good moments there, especially Letary in a lot of ways. Holy cow. Um, Brock Faber, 30 points. That's a nice little milestone for a rookie. And also getting national recognition on the desk there at TNT. The panel there on TNT is a better way to put it. National recognition for Brock Faber and during the course of the game. They kept saying 29 points after he recorded his 30th with the 26th assist, but that's okay. Um, then And they continue to talk about the Calder Cup, or the, the Calder Trophy. The Calder Cup, I believe, is the AHL championship, isn't it? But the Calder Trophy, pardon me, for Brock Faber, which is, of course, Rookie of the Year. And pretty dang cool. Uh, they're talking about how he's been, you know, obviously logging incredible amount of minutes, especially uh, not too long ago, but kind of getting it back again. Jonas Brodeen was unavailable in this game. But by some miracle, the Wild only gave up one goal. Could have easily been two. A uh, ill-advised play by Philip Gustafson again after having a pretty good game. In fact, making one of the best uh, kick saves of the season. That was spectacular. Uh, much of the chagrin of the Chicago Blackhawks. Great, great save. Uh, kick save. He only stopped 21 or stopped 20 shots, which is kind of funny. Um, but one of the shots on goal <laughs> was saved by Vinny Letary. Uh, for some reason, I thought he had a goal. I was going to say, what kind of hat trick might that be? A goal, assist, and a save. But no, that was Jake Lucchini that scored the goal. <laughs> it would have been funny. Like, that would have been a really funny hat trick, to be quite honest. Um, but Augustusson, to the point, made a play outside of the net, an ill-advised pass, getting out of the net and making an ill-advised pass, a turnover that looked like a goal like in any game, basically, except if it was Govers versus Quinnipiac. Uh, of course, we'd find a way to miss the net or something. Yeah, not bitter about that at all. Not at all. Uh, not at all. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Vinny Letary making a great kick save of his own off the skate. 
That was awesome. So Vinny Letary, two assists and making a game-saving stop or a game-saving save or a game whatever, but he made the save. Again, multi-point game for uh, Vinny Letary. Uh, at the end of the day, that's a Mike Madonna award. I mean, he has to get it. And <laughs> so Vinny Letary will get his first Mike Madonna award. I'm jumping in real early on that one. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, is there all that much to say about this game? It was a last-place team versus a second-last-place team. And I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about it, but it kind of sort of looked like a last-place team against a second-last-place team in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I, did the guys play well enough to win? Yes. But who did they beat? You know, I mean, they beat the Chicago Blackhawks. This is not, you know, the dynasty team of 2010 to 2015. That was a pretty damn good hockey team, and uh, unfortunately, even the regular season wins in those cases ended up being all, all for naught once the postseason started. We'd have, like, a really good regular season. Oh, we'll show those SOBs, and we'd win, and we'd give all our effort, and then here come the playoffs, and we'd still lose five, four games to one. So that was insanely frustrating in the past. Of course, uh, Rossi, well, Rossi's kind of being miscast a little bit. Uh, that's kind of the frustration, I think, with uh, John Hines a bit, that Ryan Hartman's right back. The same line again. Ryan Harmon, Zuccarello, Kaprizov. Again. Yeah, that looks familiar. It does. Um, did they win Stanley Cups? Did they get out of the first round? No. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Uh, not, not. I just don't know. Obviously, uh, Maroon is out for an undisclosed amount of time. Not really sure what's going on there. Uh, it's fine. Letary, Lucini. And it is ironic how... We were all kind of like, Adam Beckman, here we go, and that, this is his chance, just not tonight. That was what uh, Bill Guerin said, so he had Lachini and Letary, and it's funny how they both contributed, so it's like, uh-oh. Because <laughs> um, we're all kind of like, Adam Beckman, it's, it's time. It's time for Adam Beckman to either be an NHL player, or I guess he's an AHL guy who might get called up and maybe finally, you know, stick in when he's 28, 29, like some of those guys out there. Um, sometimes, you know, if he keeps fighting and persisting, I hope that isn't the case for Adam Beckman. Obviously, he has a skill set, um, but I don't think it's translated even as much to the AHL as a lot of us have thought. Have thought. Uh, at least Rossi basically led the team in scoring for the most part when he was in Iowa. And eventually, after working his butt off this last summer, even skipping his sister's wedding, can you believe that, uh, to finally be pretty close to uh, pretty close to what a lot of us were hoping he would become. Uh, at least as a rookie and, and beyond. We'll see how it goes with Marco Rossi. But again, he's been miscast now, pushed down in the lineup. So a lot of us are a little irritated with that, like I was saying. Um, but yeah, back to Beckman, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> as Bill Guerin might say, uh, Bill Guerin, yeah, Bill, you have something to say about him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, Bill. Jeez. Uh, anyhow. Okay, Billy, sorry. I, I guess he doesn't like to be called Bill. It's Billy. Come on, Billy. Get him in there. Billy Goat, but uh, Billy Goats anyway. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, obviously, Chisholm, no action yet. Seems like no action at all either. He was interviewed in the game, uh, during the game. Yep. Uh, look, looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think a lot of us would rather see him out there than, you know, one of the two guys. Uh, Ellis Galagoski and Nick Foligno going at it back and forth quite a bit. Look like a little bit of uh, old, you know, frustrations with each other over the years. It, it just happens. I, I don't think it was just a random in-game thing. I think it's kind of a little bit extra going on there, but that's how it goes. They're older guys who've been around forever, and they've had their clashes in the Eastern Conference. Now they're here in the West, of course, but, uh, you know, the Penguins days and such, I'm sure, with uh, Goligoski. 
Nice little, he's kind of been all over the place, hasn't he? Generally a decent career until, you know, now. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Chrism can do. He can move the puck. He can skate a bit. So, uh, and a lot of Winnipeg fans, not all that thrilled that he's gone, but it's kind of like there was no room, that type of thing. So, kind of a, giving him an opportunity to a team that wants him and needs him. So, we'll see what happens with Mr. Declan. Uh, as for the trade deadline and all that, well, a lot of us still kind of... A, kind of still would prefer that this team is more of a seller than a buyer. Don't give up assets right now, valuable assets for the future. That could, uh, God, I'm just staring at something, sorry, <laughs> that is related to this game. But, um, yeah, don't don't give up assets that'll just hurt us more than help us in the future. So that would be a pain in the butt. And then, you know, just to get some third-line center who's going to, you know, make mistakes, you know, like a Ryan White. He What was he, like a fourth-line winger or whatever, and he was pathetic. He never played again. That's how bad he was. Remember Ryan White? I mean, he was pathetic. Speaking of Ryan and being pathetic, Ryan Hartman, top center for the Minnesota Wild. You ready for this? And this is the Blackhawks, folks. And no Connor Bedard. This isn't uh, the Oilers who won 16 games in a row. This isn't the Boston Bruins who have the best record in the league or, the, or second best or whatever, Vancouver Canucks or whoever. Faceoffs. 15 faceoffs. Three wins, 12 losses. Are you fucking kidding me? Not like Marco Rossi is probably the, is the best face-off guy in the history of the planet. I mean, he was 5 of 7, but still, less face-offs and he still won more. So I, I'll take 5 I'll take five and 7 any day versus 3 and 12. It's pathetic. And I know it's one game and da-da-da-da-da, but Ryan Hartman is not a number one center. He's just not. I, I mean, unless we're quote-unquote tanking, I suppose, but why would the coach tank? Coaches and players don't tank. The management tanks by trading players away. I know how that works. Uh, not one single player wants to lose. Not one single coach wants to lose. Blah, blah, blah. So this is just, uh, yeah, it's being done by design in terms of like, oh, Brian Hartman should be the top line center. So a little bit of same old, same old at the end of the day. This was, again, not a, this wasn't a national, this wasn't national broadcast hockey, uh, really, <laughs> when it comes to quality. But at least it was a close game. There was a little bit of quote-unquote drama in it, I suppose. And you had the, I guess you had the Felino brothers to talk about. And thank God you had Brock Faber to talk about and Kirill Kaprizov as well. Unfortunately, no Connor Bedard. I'm sure they were hoping for that, but uh, obviously not meant to be with the broken jaw and the dealy. So I already passed out the Mike Madonna Award very early, very, very early. Very un, uh, unorthodox on this show. Vinny Letary will get that. The James Shepard Memorial Popcorn Maker, whatever you want to call it, could almost go to Gustafson for that stupid play. I mean, we could have lost the game at the end of the day. It could also go to the, uh, it could go to Ryan Hartman for sucking so bad in the, in the face-off circle. I think I want to go to that. I mean, you could, 3 of 12 versus the, or, I mean, 3 and 12. So it's 3 of 15, basically, against the Blackhawks. Um, good God, that's bad. <laughs> How can you be that bad? Ugh, it's pathetic. So I guess I'll go with Hartman, just like that statistic alone. It just... It's probably mean and harsh and unnecessary for me to give it to him, but I'm going to. That's pathetic. With that said, I guess we're going to make it three segments. What the hell? Three segments. Second segment will be the upcoming three games, prospects, and of course, third segment is your favorite, Fan Interaction.
are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. Time to do some previewing, but first, let's hear from our sponsor, DraftKings. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. That would be awesome. As for the Super Bowl itself, the bets, the betting line and such, the money line is for the 49ers is minus 122, the Kansas City Chiefs plus 102. The spread, minus 2 for the Niners, minus 105, and plus 2 for the Chiefs, minus 115. Now, as for my rooting interest, I think you know, San Francisco. I can't stand the Chiefs, so we'll leave that at that. I will not be giving you any advice because I'm not supposed to <laughs> at the end of the day. Let's look at a couple of hockey games real quick. Really quick, yeah, Vancouver and Boston rematch of the 2011 finals, and who knows, maybe we'll get that. That'd be pretty fun to watch. And if, I don't know, for a feel-good story, it'd be nice to see Vancouver finally win, but I don't know, a lot of us might say Boston. Uh, puck line or money line? Hmm, well, I guess I'll say puck line, since <laughs> minus 218 for, why did it change? Okay, that was last time, I apologize. Yeah, I was like, that seems familiar. Colorado Avalanche at Carolina, that's an epic one. Minus 218 for Colorado, plus 180 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Washington Capitals at Panthers, Panthers plus 100. Capitals minus 120. I'm just going to kind of skim through. Oh, yeah, there is Vancouver and Boston, so they must be playing again. Yep, okay. I don't know why it moved. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver Canucks at Boston. This is, again, the puck line. Um, Vancouver's plus 1.5, and then... Um, Minus 225, Boston minus 1.5, plus 185 for the Boston Bruins. So they're they're the host, but it looks like Vancouver's favored. Great matchup, obviously. Then you get the matchup in the Southwest. The team that ended the streak for the Edmonton Oilers, and probably the most appropriate team, the defending Stanley Cup champions, the team of gold, the Vegas Golden Knights at Arizona. Southwest matchup, plus 1.5, plus 170, and Arizona plus... Uh, Excuse me, it was minus 1.5 with Vegas, pardon me, plus 1.5 and minus 205 for the Arizona Coyotes. So those are the uh, puck lines for a few teams out there for National Hockey League conversation. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN, that would be for the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. <clears throat> New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire, 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Thank you very much, DraftKings. And on we go to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Flurry Night. This will be on ESPN Plus, but I suppose that's common now. X Energy Center, Bally Sports North, blah bitty, blah bitty, blah. Noel. Asiari, the Penguins announced Asiari will not return to the game back on Jan 6th. Hmm, interesting. Matt Nieto underwent successful 
Hmm, I've never seen that one. Am I crazy or what? La, la, laparoscopic surgery on his right knee. Huh, interesting. Uh, expected recovery six to eight weeks. That'd be way back in December. So, I don't know. You'd think he'd be back by now, but who knows? Maybe he is. Jonas Berdine was not feeling good, basically. It's the Blackhawks pad maroon injured reserve. No information. I am Jan 5th, or excuse me, Feb 5th. Connor Dewar. Injured reserve as of Jan 19th. That'd be the wild, of course. No kidding. Connor Dewar, who you never know. I, <laughs> you never know. His replacement might be Merritt Uznadinov. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Pittsburgh Penguins 25th in goals. Less than the wild. Okay. Uh, 25th in goals, 17th for the wild. Pittsburgh, number two in goals against. 23rd for the Wild. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Wild 4-3 back on December 18th. Remember that one, I guess. Yeah, that was disappointing. Penguins have the 30th best power play in the league with healthy Sidney Crosby and Malkin. Okay. Um, and Jay Gensel. So there's rumors of Jay Gensel possibly going to the Oilers in a trade, which would... Uh... All right. Well, Edmonton just might be doing something special. But uh, both teams are pretty funky in one of the special teams here. Again, power play, 17th for the Wild, 30th for Pittsburgh. I just said that. Penalty, 10th for penalty kill, 10th for Pittsburgh, 30th for the Wild. Pittsburgh is number two in the league at staying out of the box. The Wild are 29th, which bleeping sucks. Uh, Pittsburgh is two and three in their last five, but they have won two in a row in impressive fashion. Three to two over Montreal and three nothing over the Winnipeg Jets. After the break here. Not bad, eh? Wild are... Yeah, we're 3-2, and two, which is nice because we beat Carolina, Washington, and Chicago after that just two-game debacle. Nashville and Anaheim. Oh, how did it into the All-Star break? Yeah, they were already at the All-Star break. They were already in it in those games. Not trying to be funny. It's a fact. <laughs> Freaking horrible. Uh, Tristan Jari. Jari, if I'm saying it correctly, finally, after all these years. Six shutouts on the season, so... He's been definitely carrying the Pittsburgh Penguins in terms of, uh, well, he's stopping the puck. I'm not sure what's going on with their offense, yet they, these guys are healthy. And, and they have Eric Carlson. They have Eric Carlson, who's an offensive defenseman, like elite offensive defenseman. And still, uh, Tristan Jari with six shutouts on the season. 9-16, closing against the average of 2.45. Though that does reek like he might have some crappy games mixed in there. Alex uh, Nedzkovich, he's the one that actually beat the Wild last time around. 8-3 and three on the season. 2.6 goals against average, and he also had a shutout. Save percentage of 91-8. Not bad. Sydney the Kidney. No, Sydney the Kidney. <laughs> Sid, Sid, no longer the Kid Crosby. Um, the, 27 goals, 24 assists, 51 points in 47 games. Still, you know, obviously first ballot Hall of Famer. Probably unanimous decision if, yeah. Probably, like Mariano Rivera style. You know, <laughs> like how would you not vote for Mariano Rivera? Especially if you're, yeah, I mean, it was like, it's like, oh, the Yankees won, you know. <laughs> they're up they're up going into the ninth inning, except in game seven of the 20, uh, or 2001 World Series. That was very weird. Ricard Raquel, former Duck, nine, uh, only 18 points in 35 games. Riley Smith, the former... Uh, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Vegas Golden Knight. He's been very disappointing, pretty much. Uh, only 20 points in 41 games. I mean, they, <laughs> that's not good. Uh, Jake Gensel, 22 goals, 28 assists. Definitely helps that he's healthy, as he missed time last couple of years off and on. 50 points in 47 games. And Malkin, who missed like 1,000 games in his career, 
16 goals, 24 assists, 40 points in 47 games. Just just getting older, and it's obvious. Um, they're definitely getting older. And then some other kind of, you know, random guys like Jeff Carter. You know, like, no offense to them. It's just it's just kind of random, you know. Or, they, you know, they, they were names on other teams, and they're not as good now. You know, Riley Smith, what the hell? What the hell? Uh, Ricard Raquel, what the hell? Stuff like that. So it's a weird situation, you could say, at the end of the day. Uh, can the Wild win this game? Sure they can. Will they? Uh, does it matter? Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it matters in a sense of, like, like the, the, the whole feel-good thing. And I don't know, but a lot of us really want that draft pick. Pages, which, okay, well, we'll get off of that. <laughs> Basketball trade deadline. Yeah, just like I was talking about Rudy Gobert and Brave the Wild, uh, State of the Wild. Remember <laughs> Derek Felska? <laughs> the summer of 22. <laughs> made the Rudy Gobert trade right during the show. It's like, uh, da, 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 da. I started stuttering all over the place. No, not Wolves related, sorry. So if it's Wolves related, I might mention it, especially if it's really important, uh, like that one. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, they have a good record. That's the funny thing. You know, Eastern Conference, it's, it's tough to get to the to get to the postseason right now in the Eastern Conference. You know, and I'll always say this, uh, how just like you're going to read in that book, the Mirage, uh, Mirage to Destiny, that type of thing, um, how all you had to do was basically finish fourth of five teams to make the postseason back then, where now it's like, you know, light years from that. And people still talk as if, oh, you only have to win a couple games to make the playoffs. Eh, you know, it, it is an accomplishment to make the postseason. It is an accomplishment. So when the Wild made it, yeah, it's better than it used to be. It's just the immediate, like, you know, like, you just, it, it's almost like you, like you get nervous. You know, like somebody's completely prepared for an interview or a test or whatever the heck it is. And then here it comes and they just bomb it. And it's like, come on. That's kind of what it's been like with the Wild in the postseason. At, uh, you know, because just maybe just not the right lineup and this and that. Not the right, not the right mix to really make a serious run. And the other team did have the right mix. Wild will beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll just say it. Yeah, the Wild will beat the Penguins. Final score. Gosh, the way, the way things have been going, especially if Tristan Jerry's in that as well. Jari, pardon me. Two to one. Two to one. Most likely guy to score. Marco Rossi. Rossi. Sorry. Rossi. Marco Rossi will score in the game. Let's go with that. He's due. He needs to score. Vegas Golden Knights. Uh-oh. Doesn't get much easier. <laughs> <laughs> the team we used to like beat every single time we played them, even though they were like the best team in the Western Conference practically that year when they first when they first were getting started. Uh, not quite the case anymore that we're beating the Golden Knights. They're beating us usually nowadays. Um, two guys and I haven't really heard a whole lot about of uh, with the Vegas Dorofeyev, Jan Six. Okay, out for that game. Why aren't they saying anything after that? So he's, who knows. Uh, Tobias Bjornfot, no relation to Bjorn Borg. Uh, injured reserve is of Jan 13th. Jack Eichel, very, very important player there. Obviously helped them win the Stanley Cup. Top lot line center and lived up to it last year in the playoffs. Jack Eichel had successful lower body surgery and will be out week to week. According to the Vegas Golden Knights, that was of Jan 13th. Okay, so interesting. <clears throat> Logan Thompson's been seeing action in that again, but I suppose he did last year, just not during the postseason. Uh, Vegas is 10th in goals, 8th in goals against. 19th best power play, 13th best penalty kill, 13th best about staying out of the box, so on and so forth. The Wild have not played it, and I didn't think we did play the Golden Knights yet. Monday, February the 12th, Saturday, March the 30th, and April 12th. Pretty big gaps in between, except the last two, I guess. 
Vegas did beat the Edmonton Oilers. They ended the winning streak just recently on February the 6th, 3-1. to So that's what the All-Star break did to the Oilers. It's like, oh, you're on fire. The hottest team in the NHL, like a historic winning streak, 16 games. And Edmonton's still not even in first place. Like when the Twins won 15 games in a row back in 91, they were in first place, and they stayed there the rest of the season. Got scared a couple of times with the White Sox, and they, you know, but then they took care of business versus the Oakland A's. But there I go back to 1991 again with the Twins now. Because that win streak was insane. It just shows how bad Edmonton was before the win streak. Like, they were out. They, they, they were down where we were, pretty basically, weren't they? <laughs> they were not good. Um, and now, <laughs> I think they were below us at, at certain points of the season. Especially during our 11-3 and run at the beginning of the um, John Hines era. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why Edmonton, <laughs> it's funny. But we'll, we'll see if they actually, you know, have a magical finish to the season after that. Biggest Golden Knights against second place in the Pacific Division behind Vancouver. I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas beat Vancouver in the, in the postseason, though, like second round or something. Would not be surprised at all. And, oh, by the way, Sidney Crosby agrees with us about the 1-8 through eight, uh, playoff seating. Thank you, Sid. Yeah, I, I don't like being stuck in the division. It was fun for a while. It kind of brought back old memories like the St. Louis Blues and the North Stars, the North Stars and the Blackhawks, the Blues and the Blackhawks, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, all those classic old matchups back in the old days. Uh, who was the other team that usually made it? Detroit, yeah. Duh. Detroit, yeah, they were in our division back then, of course, and then you have like one other team like Toronto or so. Yeah, it was Toronto for a little while there in the Norris division, as we called it. It was fun, and it brought back memories, but now it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we can go to one through eight. I think it'd be better. You know, you might get some more interesting matchups instead of the same old thing over and over again. I mean, rivalries are fun, but eventually it's like, come on. You, you get tired of it after a while. You know, you can renew the rivalry at any time. It, it can happen at any, any given year. You're going to match up in a huge second round or even a conference championship, which I think would be pretty cool. Why the hell not, if, if it came to that at the end of the day? So, um, yeah, they should they should do that. I, I strongly agree. So, Sid agrees with us. Anyhow, <laughs> yes, and we lost to Vegas, and we got to go out of our division. We lost. <laughs> of course we did. Of course we did, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it was a good series, but it didn't finish well. Vegas Golden Knights will beat the Minnesota Wild, in my humble opinion. Um, Aiden Hill, wow. 1.88 goals against average, 93.8 save percentage, and two shutouts on the season. He's only started 18 games. Logan Thompson has resumed his starting role for the most part. But, geez, Aiden Hill. But, heck, if he's going to be that good in his reserve, what the hell? Um, 18, uh, 13 and 2. I mean, that's a Stanley Cup run right there. And that one won't be a mirage, by the way. Jeez. Wow, that guy's, you know, after that Stanley Cup run, my goodness. Not Stanley Cup final run, a Stanley Cup run. Six and ten, 16 and 10, sorry, I'm stammering all over that place because there's some background noise here again. 2.77 goals against average, save percentage of 90.6 for Logan Thompson. Mark Stone staying healthy, good for you. 50 points in 51 games, 35 assists, he's an amazing passer. It's not just a stat, uh, love what he does out there. For the longest time I kept thinking, because I didn't watch him close enough, say, with Ottawa and such in his first few, first like few games with uh, Vegas. And I kept like, what's all the fuss about Mark Stone? Like, what an amazing player he is. Da, 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 da. He's not dominant. He's not, you know, he's not getting like 100 points and stuff. 
Then you watch him, and it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and yes, captain, like, you know, how they screwed around naming a captain forever, just like the uh, Minnesota Wild did. Not as long, though. Um, Mark Stone, yeah, perfect. Uh, when he was healthy last year, I'm like, oh, my, they just might do something. And they did. <laughs> they finally did. Uh, congratulations. I know finally you're all laughing at me, like, what is he talking about? Who's a new team still, basically. But, I don't know, when you when you have opportunities and don't uh, capitalize on them, it does feel like it's become a journey. And that's more in terms of the the players rather than the actual franchise itself. It's the players on the team that I was talking about. I was like, finally, you know. But the Vegas Golden Knights will beat the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, 4-2 to two is my prediction. 4-2, to 3-2, to two, something along those lines. The most likely guy to score in the game will be Kirill Kaprizov. Okay. <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov. Big shocker, right? But, uh, that's yeah, this is the game I think he'll score in. Everything's stopping. That's always a great sign. Um, there's at least one more game to talk about. Arizona. Why isn't it coming up? But something went wrong here. Arizona Coyotes. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that's where Aiden Hill first came from. But I remember him beating us with Arizona in the past in one of those trap games. Connor Ingram is their goalie, obviously, and he had a big game against us. Didn't he, didn't he shut us out? God, gee, man, didn't we lose 6 nothing to this team? 2.61 goals against average, 91.6, five shutouts on the season, including against us. So he's kind of like Kristen Yari, pardon me, for the, um, Kristen Yari for the Penguins. Jeez. Clayton Keller, 45 points in 48 games. Schmaltz is alt, yeah, former Blackhawk, 29 points in 45 games. This thing's acting up, man. I don't understand why it's doing this. Yep, so my apologies. Uh, Arizona's 24th in goals, 12th in goals against, 13th best power play, 18th best penalty kill, 30th in penalty, you know, worst 30th best team in staying out of the box. So, yay. <laughs> yay for them, I guess. Okay, now things are moving. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, the uh, Coyotes have lost three games in a row. They've not played since the All-Star break, so... They'll open things up with the Vegas Golden Knights, the National Predators, the Philadelphia Flyers, and then the Minnesota Wild, finally. This will be, I believe it's Wednesday. Pardon me, Wednesday the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day in Arizona. Yikes. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day in Arizona, huh? Well, Mullet Arena, obviously got to love that name. Adam Ruzicka, not injury-related. Okay, Travis Dermott did not play Saturday 27th. Of January, Troy Stecker, Stecker, pardon, injured reserve. That is a defenseman of Arizona. Jan 22. Yes, there was a 6 nothing loss to the Arizona Coyotes. So we all remember very, very warmly. Wonderful game. So warm that we burned the house down with anger. That's how warm we remember it. <laughs> warmly. Saturday, Jan the 13th. Wow. Anyhow, then you have Valentine's Day Wednesday, Thursday, March the 7th. That's also in Arizona. And remember, the wild game, the the one we lost 6 nothing, was in Axel Energy Center, followed by, uh, um, you know, <laughs> followed by a derecho of booze. Derecho of booze. Tuesday, March the 12th is the season finale, where the wild will probably not win the season series, but I guess we'll see. Arizona's got some, obviously, Minnesota ties. We're happy about it, I guess. Oh, a reunion with uh, Matt Dumba. Why? 44 games, 5 points. Yeah. Does that entice you somehow? And I know he's more steady than John Merrill. 
and Goligoski. I know. But better than John Merrill and Goligoski. I don't know. I mean, maybe this other guy is too. Nick Bukestad had a hat trick against the Wild in that game. Remember? 10 goals, 17 assists, and 48 games for the Bugler. Uh, he obviously slowed down a bit. He was off to a pretty hot run with uh, Arizona. He's certainly slowed down since that day. Uh, Logan Cooley, the former Gopher who missed the net in a game that should have that should have been the clincher and the Gopher should have been national champions. I don't know. I'm still not bitter about that. I mean, I'm going to probably remember that forever now. Every time I see Logan Cooley. Dang it. Come on, Logan. <laughs> Jason Zucker, 7 goals, 10 assists, 17 points in only 38, or in 38 games. He's missed time, but not that much. Jack, I'm Jack McBain, who, you know, obviously demanded a trade, which is hilarious. Uh, six goals, nine assists, 15 points in 33 games. Yay. That's all you got to say about that. Uh, will the Wild avenge their loss versus the Arizona Coyotes? I don't think so. It's a funky matchup. It really is. Sixth place in the Central, 22 wins, 22 losses, three ties or shootout. No, not ties. It's not ties. They're really old days. Shootout slash overtime losses. Um, no, I think it's... You know, we're tied with them. Do you realize that? But they have two games in hand, so, okay. So, uh, yeah, because they haven't played a single game yet uh, So since, since the All-Star break. But they'll they'll get caught up in games here pretty quick. <sighs> At least I think so. Um, whatever. <sighs> yeah, we're five points behind Nashville. It wasn't four or five. Nashville is a playoff team, believe it or not, uh, despite their records not that great. They're only three games above 500. Yeah, Arizona's only one game above 500, and we have the same point total. Uh, I don't know what to say. I just think Arizona wins the game, I guess, like 4-1 to one or something like that. I don't feel good about it. And, the, yeah, 4-1, to one, Arizona's going to beat the Wild. The only guy to score for the Minnesota Wild will be Boldy. End the dang drought again, these ongoing droughts. Come on, Boldy. End the drought, hopefully. Maybe the Wild win 4-1, to one, but I'm going to go with Arizona. I just... It's not because they're great at all. It's just, I don't know, we just don't play well against this team. Like, memory serves. And that 6 nothing loss is still sticking in my craw, if you couldn't tell. Because it's one thing, like, you know, okay, keep on losing, what the hell. Let's just get the, the you know, as high a pick as possible. But it's like 6 nothing though. That's just, mm. I guess a team that's like as, you know, as mediocre as Arizona. I don't know. Some talented players, sure. But uh, when you think of great goalies, you don't think of Connor Ingram. <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe Jake Ottinger or something. I, I, I can accept a shutout by him. Connor Ingram, eh, you know, he has five shutouts on the year. I guess he's one of those hot, cold kind of guys. So that's part of it, like the guy in Pittsburgh, uh, who's actually probably a little bit better at it, generally speaking. Arizona 4-1. to one. So with that, let's uh, jump into prospects as soon as possible. Possible. I do not see the Wild as a playoff team. Sorry for my ultra-negativity, but that's not negative anymore. It's just the way it is. Future, hopefully very soon, future Minnesota Wild center, slash forward, whatever. Bottom six to start out, I'm sure, but Minnesota Wild, not Iowa. Merritt Huznadinov, if the rumors are true that he is coming very, very soon when the season ends at the end of February here. 21 years of age, yep, and a very fast skater, great defensive, uh, great defensively and all that, two-way forward, two-way forward center for Sochi at the Sochi at this time in the KHL again, uh, six goals, 10 assists, 16 points in 41 games, and looking forward to what he will do in the National Hockey League. Um, 
Obviously, Dewar or DeHame, there's a pretty good chance one of them won't be here uh, next year. Pretty good chance for, you know, that reason and others. Obviously, they might feel they have a better opportunity somewhere else. Being frustrated, stuck in the fourth line for everyone. They're probably better than that. You know, especially Dewar. DeHame, I, I don't know. What does he have? Like, two assists in, like, two years or something? It's like the craziest stat ever. Like, he, has one, he had one assist last year and one this year so far, which, uh, you know, and... Last year, he couldn't stay healthy. He had nine goals and looked really promising, but couldn't stay healthy. So that's another thing with DeHame. Um, uh, so we'll see. I have nothing against the guy. Uh, he's a cool guy. He's a talented player and all that. But I don't know. I don't know if his long-term future is in Minnesota. Uh, let's take overseas for the momento. Let's uh, wrap up with a year off. Let's go to Ogren now. <laughs> Again, in the Swedish Hockey League, of course. Obviously, it's, you know, it's a professional league, so it's not like he's messing around in some minor league type of deal. 15 games now. Yeah, the, the games keep piling up, but the points, not so much. Five goals, one assist for six points. So he, he might be a little tiny bit longer to develop. Obviously, you're off. A lot of people talking about star potential and all that, including our, our guy, uh, Michael Russo, of course. Um, he had two assists in the World Junior Classic for the under-20s. He was the captain for the Swedish team, but only two assists in seven games. Sweden uh, didn't exactly, you know, dominate that, but the USA did, believe it or not, which is pretty cool. We're capable of it sometimes. Sometimes the USA is capable of winning those kind of tournaments. <laughs> it's not, it's not, you know, it's not like the actual Olympics, but we'll see. I, and I guess Bill Guerin supposedly is going to be the general manager of that team again, so we'll see how that turns out. Danila Yurov, probably the highest ranked and highly top most, most the, the, the skater in the Minnesota Wild, the uh, grapevine that people are most uh, excited about. Obviously, uh, the other one is Jesper Valstead, who's not a skater, of course, he's a goaltender. We're going to talk about him in a minute as well. So, um, not quite as glowing as earlier in the season. 55 games, this is the KHL, again, for Metal Lurg. 21 goals, 25 assists, 46 points. And he's on pace to beat uh, Tarasenko. Yeah, he's on pace to beat Tarasenko for the most goals for someone his age. So, yeah, in the KHL, it's just absolutely great. Um, yeah, there's Minnesota Wild fans and uh, MNW Young Guns saying like, "Pump the brakes," you know, you know, most of these guys don't live up to the hype. Well, thankfully Kaprizov did. So we'll have to wait and see. It's ironic too. I, yeah, I hope it's okay to say the guy's name because it stood out to me. It's it was it said John Pohl, but it is not. I repeat, not the former Gopher captain. Johnny Pohl, no, or captain or alternate captain, off and on throughout his cover career. National champions, of course, 2002. That would be my class if I went to the U of M, but I didn't. So, <laughs> two of two, see, that would be my senior class if I was there, of course, because class of 98 in high school and all of that. Um, pretty cool, though, obviously. Um... It was not John Paul, but yeah, he's like saying basically pump the brakes. So, again, uh, and I understand uh, there's been a lot of prospects, especially with the Twins, but I mean, with the Wild, too, you get all excited about him. Like Adam Beckman looked like he was going to, you know, light the world on fire. He's not. Um, but this guy is playing in the KHL. KHL is better than the uh, AHL, and it's way the heck better than the Western Hockey League. So, that's where I have a lot more confidence in Daniil Yurov versus, say, an Adam Beckman. Like, when you're coming out of juniors, like scoring 100 points in the juniors versus being this competitive in the KHL where, you know, scores, you know, guys don't score as much usually in the KHL. They just don't. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov wasn't owning the KHL. He was, he was you know, in, in terms of KHL numbers, he was fantastic, yes. 
but he certainly didn't own the league or anything crazy like that. So obviously, I would say Danilo Yurov is the number one prospect in the Minnesota Wild organization at this time over a certain goaltender, believe it or not. At least for right now. Hopefully that certain goaltender can reemerge or at least be, you know, like 1A and 1B with Danilo Yurov at the end of the day. So uh, should I look at someone else real quick? Just in case, like, one in a, one in a you know, small amount chance he still comes to Minnesota. A few years older, of course. That'd be Vladislav Firstov. Who's also in the KHL. And he certainly turned it up. He's turned it up, as they might say in Aussie. Turn it up. 59 points, or no, 59 games, 59 points. That'd be amazing. 59 games, 17 goals, 15 assists, 32 points. But still, again, so he's years older than Daniil Yurov. Um, Yurov was actually pretty clutch in the postseason as well, so if I remember correctly. Or no, I got it mixed up with someone else. So let's move on. <laughs> I'm thinking about somebody completely different. Jiminy Christmas. But, you know, he's doing something. And yes, I do have the <laughs> section brackets up a bit as well for a question coming from Derek. Oh, he's laughing at me for uh, trying my, my darndest to uh, answer the question. <laughs> he's going to come up with, yeah, well, that's how it goes, huh? <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, what am I doing? Iowa. So Nick Patan, of course, still leading the club in scoring. Iowa's still kind of meh and mediocre. But what really, you know, stood out to me was eye-popping in a negative way. Alarming. Now, at least it wasn't his most recent game, but his second most recent game. Jesper Volstead. Remember how he gave up seven goals versus the Dallas Stars, and that was his only game in the NHL, and it's just like, ugh, that sucks. You know, the players let him down, they sucked, and all that stuff. It's not all his fault, but at the same time, you know, that's not fun. Not a fun way to start your NHL career. Since then, he's not been real good, obviously. he's He's been giving up four goals, five goals, three goals, four goals, five goals, pretty much since being down in the AHL. And, you know, in random call-up, but just kind of sitting behind uh, uh, Fleury or Gustafson, depending on who's been out, because <laughs> it's been both of them. Jesper Volstead gave up eight goals versus the Henderson Silver Knights on February the 2nd. Eight goals. Goals against average 2.83, 12-11 uh, win percentage or whatever, you know, record anyway. Save percentage of 90.7. Obviously everything way down because of that. Eight goals. Eight goals. So, <sighs> and I don't know, you don't usually think of Vegas having a spectacular farm system or anything. They're kind of a win-now franchise, aren't they? <laughs> like, haven't you noticed? But I suppose some of the, you know, it doesn't mean their minor league team is going to suck or anything. 8-1, to one too. It was an 8-1 to one game. Just awful. Uh, thankfully, he rebounded with a better performance after that, giving up, I believe, just two goals and a loss, unfortunately, because the freaking offense did the same thing they did in the 8-1 to one game. They scored one goal because Iowa is not good. Not good, really. Uh, they're just not, I don't know. <laughs> and obviously, players are out all the time, but welcome to the AHL. Players are always missing because NHL players are out. you got to have replacements. But that is the AHL. It's not new. It's not new. It, it, it happens. That's, that's what they're there. That's what the AHL is. It's what the AHL is. Obviously, young guys developing and certain, you know, more senior young players are going to get called up when other players are injured or out or whatever. Or just like, hey, let's give this guy a shot. You know, maybe he's going to outplay this other player who's been disappointing. And we're going to scratch X player and uh, call up this other uh, Z player or Y player. That type of thing, if I'm saying that correctly. Back to the Iowa Wild, Patan is the leading scorer, 28 years of age. You know, kind of a quad A type of guy, unfortunately, even though he's had moments in the National Hockey League. 
Uh, Sammy Walker, we'll see. But now it's going to be Adam Beckman's shot instead of Sammy. Sammy stays in the NHL, uh, AHL, pardon me, with six goals and 19 assists. Unfortunately, that sounds familiar. Fogarty's had a few moments, but he's 30. He's 30 from Pennsylvania, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. So, nine goals, 11 assists. Beckman's got one less assist and same amount of goals, uh, again, at age 22. So still, hopefully, hopefully still young enough. There's still room for improvement. There's still room for growth. There's still this and that for Adam Beckman. And hopefully he can uh, get going in the right direction. Man, Johansson is a minus 25. Just, Iowa's not been good this year. I mean, they don't score and they give up goals. And they had that 8-1 to loss to the Henderson Silver Knights, unfortunately. That was extremely disappointing. Damon Hunt still stuck at nine points now in 23 games. He's had a lot of time up in the NHL, but most of it's been in the press box or scratch or whatever. Yeah, it is the press box, which is annoying. Carson Lambos is the leading scoring defenseman, and he has been at the. Uh, he's he's been in the AHL for 42 games this year. He's actually second on the team in games played. Only Johansson has one game more overall. Caden um, Bankier also 10 points now uh, after missing about half the season, but. All right, five goals, five assists. Good for him. Getting back here, getting rolling a little bit, so on and so forth. But generally speaking, the production has not been there offensively, and then they've been giving up bunches and bunches and bunches of goals, which is bullcrap. Uh, Mason Shaw, four goals in seven games so far. Good for him. He did have a multi-goal game early on, uh, returning from four ACLs. Four. Uh, his fourth, anyway. Obviously, he already had returned from the previous three. And uh, was a, you know, was a bit of a mainstay in the NHL. Unfortunately, he was getting scratched a bit as well at times. And then the ACL happened late last winter. <sighs> right about this time, right? About a year ago. Right around this time. I think it was in March, actually. So, um, yeah. So, we'll move on from the Iowa Wild and possibly dig a little bit into the, what do they call themselves? The <laughs> Iowa Heartlanders. I was making fun of how, like, uh, two Iowas and two Wilds. It's like, come on. It's weird. <laughs> Pavel Novak, 18 games, 7 goals, 4 assists uh, for 11 total points. Obviously, again, coming back from that cancer situation. And Kyle Mostas, who's also in the ECHL with uh, 9 games now. 9 games there, 2 goals, 3 assists. Again, trying to hit a couple of home runs and get his batting average up. You know, I'm just playing around. But, you know, getting sent down to, you know, Build some confidence. That's the whole point of raising your batting average. Maybe hit a couple homers, you know, or strike some people out if you're a pitcher. I'm just imagining that would be like the goaltender. Hunter Jones has been down there. At least his goals against average is gradually improving. And the Iowa Heartlanders uh, have been a little better. Uh, Drew DeRitter has been a nice positive. Seven wins and three losses. 2.94 goals against average. Even that's not real good. And then, How do you not think of Tyler Ennis when you see Ty Ennis? <laughs> Ty Ennis, how do you not think of that? But it's Ty Ennis, I guess, so it's close. Um, yeah, Max Diem, he was traded away recently to the Penguins in order to get Will Butcher, Boucher, Butcher, who's been with the Iowa Wild. Um, but I believe uh, Chrisom is the most likely guy to skate with Minnesota, not with Iowa when it comes to the Wild coming forward. So either way, they'll be on the Wild, but one of them will be on Minnesota, one will be in Iowa going forward. <laughs> Again, the whole... Yeah, name debacle that I like to make fun of. That uh, wraps up that. Let's look around a tiny bit more. Sorry if I drag this out all the time, but, uh, you know, I'm, I like looking at these players, obviously. Benoit, North Dakota, one point. 
in 14 games. One assist. That's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Jack Pert, Pert, two goals, five assists. 26 games for the St. Cloud State Huskies. Again, will they be in the tournament? Probably. We shall see at the end of the day. At least the Gophers are moved up to 8th now, I believe. They've been kind of creeping up. We were 12th a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago now. Gophers have been creeping up. Definitely been playing better. We technically won the series versus Wisconsin. Technically, because it was like a regulation win and a... uh, Or was it a flat-out split? I think it was a regulation win and an overtime loss. So I think technically that's like a win, kind of. Or is it a split? I don't know. It's Yeah, it's a win. I'll just call it a win, regardless if I'm sounding stupid or not. Petrovsky, pretty much point a game. Center, slightly above now for the Owen Sound attack of the OHL. 13 goals, 26 assists for 39 points. Good for you, Owen. Spachik, obviously, again, already, yep, he's with Iowa. I actually didn't talk about him. He's been... Uh, well, he had two goals in the ECHL. It's like hitting a couple of homers there in just three games earlier in the year. Now in 33 games for Iowa. Um, Spachik, Spachik has six points in 33 games. But one statistic that I think has got to count for something. It, it needs to. When you look at you know guys like Simon Johansson, minus 25. Ryan O'Rourke, minus 21, right, for Iowa. Spachik, minus five. Minus five. Impressive. That's actually pretty good when you consider it's like 15 to 20 less goals against with him on the ice. Does that count for something? I think it does. I do. Uh, Regular Lorenz. Yep. I mean, it's <laughs> it's okay. Uh, 28 games, 8 goals, 9 assists for 17 points. Again, not dazzling at all. Um, obviously, it's a, one of the best programs in the history of college hockey with the Denver Pioneers. Hunter Hitt with uh, 55 goal, 55 points. I, I wish it was 55 goals. Oh, uh, Saginaw Spirit, OHL, 48 games, 55 points, 21 goals. So that's nice. You're off in Ogren. Jimmy Clark, yep, he was he was a factor against Wisconsin, and that was nice. Had some good games against them this past weekend. 28 games so far, four goals, five assists for nine points. He's also plus five for the eighth-ranked team in the country. Hopefully the future national champions still could, could happen. Kalen Parker, Moose Jaw Warriors, 30 points in 44 games. He is a right shot defenseman, by the way. Uh, and he's a plus nine versus a minus six last year. So that's always interesting. That's obviously, again, improved play that uh, doesn't always show up in the stat sheet. But it kind of does, at least in that statistic, at the very least. Aaron Knunk from Hermantown playing for the U of M, uh, University of Minnesota Duluth. UMD at 21 years of age, 14 points, one goal, 13 assists in 27 games. Riley Height, yep, I, I would say he slowed down a little bit, but still dominating the WHL, the Western Hockey League. But again, Adam Beckman dominated the WHL, so again, you have to be careful. Um, Western Hockey League, 48 games, 27 points, 57 assists. There might be more with this guy, and I hope there is. Um, both of them are kind of early, early to mid roundish. You know, I believe Adam Beckman was a third rounder, if I remember. Yeah, so where height is a little bit higher at second round, 64th overall. We'll see. Obviously, uh, we just don't know. Kumpelainen was taken ahead, and he's slightly less than a point a game now. 39 games, 20 goals, 17 assists for 37. But he is a plus six on the season for the Oshawa Generals of the OHL and Charlie Strummel. Still stuck at seven points on the season. 22 points, 22 games, pardon me, three goals, four assists. Doesn't really stand out. 
this uh, I don't know doesn't really stand out. Uh, didn't see anything too exciting or hear about anything either, too exciting either when we uh, when we were mostly relegated to radio. Most of us, in a lot of ways, last weekend with the Gophers and the Badgers. Impressive weekend for the Gophers, but uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, couldn't finish that stupid Badger that stupid second game. Ugh, <laughs> hitting the post about five times. Come on, and you lose two to one because of a bleeping shootout. That was a shootout loss. Yeah, that was dumb. I hated it. With that said, so we're going to take a quick break and come back and look at uh, Fan Interaction. back here on fan interaction we're going to refer to the twitter of course or the x quite a bit here of course that's usually where we go at brave the wild at brave the wild and i really do appreciate the interaction from you out there on x so we will open things up with a poll that i put out last week what did you do during the nhl all-star game the options were watch it watch the nba go outside watch them or watch a movie slash video games you know like play video games well, apparently Go Outside was number one, and I, I would have voted for that as well. 50%. Pretty cool. That one didn't get as many votes, but I think it didn't last as long either. So my apologies. I should have let that one play out a little longer. Uh, I made a mistake a little bit there. Uh, go Outside, 50%. Watch it and watch movies slash video games, 20.8. A tie there and watching the NBA, 8.3. Dead last. No actual comment there. Uh, Derek also posting one for his show, Crease and Assist, the Crease Assist podcast, but it's at Crease Assist for the Twitter. Which Minnesota Wild prospect has you most excited about their future potential? Can only pick one. If it's not the one listed, reply and tell us. Number one with a bullet was Danila Yurov, and I agree, 70.4%. Jesper Valstead, who again, I'm concerned a bit about, because that's scary, uh, what's been going on. Um, 18.3%. Ogre, uh, height is ahead of Ogren. Hmm. Yeah, but I suppose Ogren hasn't done much this year. He really hasn't. 9% for height and 2.3% for Liam Ogren. 2.3% for Liam Ogren. Hmm. But yeah, he hasn't done much in the Swedish hockey league. Nothing yet. And of course, that shoulder injury certainly didn't help either. Um, let me just make sure I'm not missing something. Okay. We will get to the... Yeah, there's one other thing I will miss if I don't get to it. Well, no. Oh, my God. Where'd it go? There it is. Uh, So I'm going to handle that the way... Yeah, I'll have to go back and forth. So let's get to the actual hashtag BGWMN first. And then when I get to Derek's question about the uh, women's or slash girls high school hockey, I'll admit I'm not a big, uh, big, huge, giant high school fan. So I'm just being honest, but... I keep up with it a little bit, and I, I generally watch the boys more than the girls. I apologize if that doesn't sound good, but I, I do. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. Uh, I also was talking about, see, no comments on the previous episode, but some retweets. I didn't shout out to the people that retweeted, because you know how much that means to me? It means a lot. Why can't it just show me? <laughs> sorry, reposts, anyway. Derek Felska retweeted the most recent episode. Western Wisconsin and host of Crease, uh, the Crease Assist podcast. Emin Johan, thank you very much for retweeting the most recent episode, retweeting, repost. And Jay Bushy also retweeting slash reposting. Thank you so much, guys. I really, 
really appreciate that. So I should give you a shout-out and a thank you much more often for that. I was also saying, so what happened last week, the show actually didn't post until I believe it was Friday morning. Yeah, before that eight-goal debacle <laughs> uh, against Jesper Valstead. Um, I was saying my deep apologies. The episode that I thought I'd uploaded yesterday was saved as a draft this whole time. It's uploaded now. Really sorry about that. So that was kind of like, oh, crap. Derek Prelska said, lucky me. I decided to save it for a car ride to a high school hockey game tomorrow. Glad I didn't decide to listen to it yesterday. I did finish up listening to the video game flashback episode, though. Thanks for letting us know. And yes, you're, you're welcome. And hope you like the uh, video game flashback. I'm working on Zelda Link's Awakening at the moment. Um... Yeah, okay. I was asking him how he liked it. This most recent one was a uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest as for the Super Nintendo, of course. He was saying it was fine. I don't recall anything technically technical going wrong, like a long space of dead air. Okay, yeah, I don't do that type of thing. At least I hope not. Uh, I could tell I was holding myself back a bit as I tried to avoid making it a walkthrough podcast. Yeah, see, that's what I'm trying to do when I do video game flashback. I'm trying to not turn it into a bleeping walkthrough. Because obviously that probably could get really boring. Unless it's on video or YouTube. But even that would get boring after a while. Um, I'll buy it helpful though. Walkthroughs can be helpful on YouTube. Probably more than just a, <laughs> an audio podcast. Uh, say like finding the sting spell on uh, Secret of Evermore. I believe I help people find that anyway though. <laughs> Let's get to the actual conversation. Again, hope you like this show. Hope you, do, hope you do like video game flashback. And again, I am working on Zelda Link's Awakening for Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. I am using the Game Boy Color version for the episode that I am doing. Anyhow, because yes, I do other podcasts, yes. <laughs> uh, here we go. Yarek Pelska opens up the... <laughs> he opens up the conversation, and it is the Derek Pelska lighting round returning yet again. Let's rock and roll. Nikita Kucherov, angered some by his lack of effort in the NHL skills competition, is that a poor reflection on him or is he simply being honest at how little he cares for it and wanted to provide a reason not to be selected in the future? It's kind of like a it's kind of like a combination of both. It would be nice, you know, like at least I don't know. I mean, the fan, skills competition is kind of fun. Like, what's 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 wrong with it? I don't know. I think that kind of stuff is sort of fun. Uh, yeah, I think the fans have a right to be annoyed with it a little bit because they did pay to see it, you know what I mean? So, I think the fans have a right to be frustrated. <clears throat> Though, I mean, if he doesn't want to go, maybe he could just decline. I mean, is it going to kill anybody? It, would, it kill, would it kill him or would it kill the NHL if he declined and someone that wanted to be there got to go? Because maybe somebody wanted to be there. Maybe somebody's okay with it. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll go. What the heck? Maybe some young player that's uh, up and coming that wants to kind of, you know, Wants to kind of show what he can do, that type of thing. I'm sure there's some people that would want to be there. Uh, obviously, there's others that had vacations planned and all that. I don't know. It, it's it's frustrating. I can understand how maybe players would rather be resting and all that such, and how the quality of a lot of these All-Star games and uh, has just gone down the toilet over the years. Like, the NBA All-Star game used to be really good and very competitive, but that was about 30 years ago now in the early 90s. NHL game has always been kind of like, you know, 13 to 12. You know, it's like, what the heck? And the goalie usually gets screwed up during the course of games like that. Uh, you hope they don't get injured or anything. Sheesh. 
Uh, okay, anyhow, the, the baseball one was really always the best because it's still a game of baseball. You're still pitching, you're still hitting and all that. So that's probably why baseball has maintained its uh, strength when it comes to the All-Star game. They call it the midseason classic. So that's probably why where football, you're trying not to get hurt. Basketball, hockey, you're trying not to get hurt. Baseball is still baseball, regardless. You're still, you still got to run sometimes to catch the ball. If it's, you know, like hitting a gap or something, you still got to be able to hit a 90-mile-an-hour pitch and all that. So, yeah, you, you know, you're still trying to strike out the batter if you're the pitcher, so on and so forth. Anyhow, and you're going against a real tough lineup if you're a pitcher. So that's why baseball has maintained its strength in the All-Star game versus these other sports. Yep. Um, so that kind of got me going a little too much, in my opinion. I'm sorry, I'm babbling here, but I think fans have a right to be irritated with it a little bit. Again, like, if you don't want to go, let someone who wants to be there go at the end of the day. Because I'm sure there's got to be somebody. It can't be over 900 or whatever. Anyhow, Derek Felska, <laughs> even if it's like Matt Boldy or somebody like that, like, why the hell not? Derek Felska continues saying, what is your best memory of the Jacques Lemaire era of the Minnesota Wild? My best memory. Um, obviously, the playoff run is at the top, which is probably way too much of a low-hanging fruit. I like the press conferences. Like, say, like, so, yeah, obviously there's that. So I'll put that aside because it's the low-hanging fruit. And because the playoff run was great, and he did an amazing job pulling the strings and guiding that team to the Western Conference Finals. It sucked the way it ended. But, I don't know, everything seems to end its own way in this town. <laughs> um, but, no, the, the press conferences were spectacular. Uh, always liked the way he would, all of a sudden, like, an idea would pop in his head, like, oh, yes, like, you'd get a twinkle in his eye, that's something you always hear about, I wish I got to personally see it, but to, oh, but to hear about it, like, oh, he had that twinkle in his eye, like, like, something, something, like, he's got an idea, you know, you know, something popped in his head, like, oh, I think I have a plan, I think I have a, a plan for this, so, that was pretty cool, um, just kind of his personality, his, his personality and the way he was able to manage the game, and teach the players how to win. Like he talked about in his initial press conference. He was an amazing coach who came from, you know, an, or, an organization, as they would call it, that was the best. They were simply the best. The, the 1970s Montreal Canadiens were probably, Canadians were probably the best team in NHL history. Uh, the only other team that might compare to them, which unfortunately lasted a lot less, was, um, was, uh, <laughs> the 80s Oilers. So, Morty responds, and I gotta, I wanna include Morty in the, in the group that says, you know, like, hey, the show's out, or, yeah, comment on the show, because I like, yeah, I like what Morty has to say. Uh, under, yeah, excuse me, at NStarFan, my wife just liked listening to him talk, you know, I like listening to him talk, too. Yep, I like, uh, I like, uh, chocolate, yep, I love what Jacques Lemaire brought. Derek continues, rumor has it, we may see NHL 94 rebooted to be back on the PS5. Is that a good move, or should they let it stay in retro form only? I think it's okay. Uh, see, this way it could be an option. Yes, we, we personally, maybe like the SNES Classic, I have it in retro form in my SNES Classic. Um, I do own the game, so I don't feel like I'm doing anything naughty, per se. I do own the game for Super Nintendo. I won, what, a, six Stanley Cups with the Stars or something. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> it was fun because the Dallas Stars were all we had if, if you wanted to follow the North Stars still. And, you know, you could pretend like Larry Murphy's back and 
Brian Bellows is back. You know what I mean? Bring them all back from their, their different teams. Oh, man, that was fun to be able to do that. Dino Cicerelli, uh, and then win the championship with them. That was awesome. I mean, it's awesome. And then you bring Ed Belfort, too, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So I think it's okay because then it can maybe younger fans or younger fans can appreciate the classic style that we had and I still think is better. Like, realistic is nice and everything, especially with sports, I suppose. But I play video games for it to be a video game, you know, where maybe it's realistic to a point, like a fast player's fast. You know, the better shooter's the better shooter. Like, that's good. You know, you want Jordan to be the best basketball player. You want Gretzky and Lemieux to be spectacular in a hockey game. But, um, you know, but I'd rather have it be like more of a video game than like a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't like how everything's kind of like a CGI movie nowadays. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's okay even though retro is the best of all. Ugh, another name, the, another celebrity name out there that's constantly... Okay, anyhow, Justin... Uh, Derek continues saying, Justin Bieber delighted some by skating out and warming up with players during the All-Star game. What celebrity, dead or alive, would you like to see out there warming up with the Minnesota Wild, or would you rather not see them at all? Generally speaking, depending on... Well, these, these young people, I'd rather not see them at all. These young people. Yeah, I know, I'm, a, I'm an old coot, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bitter old man. Yes, I know. Justin Bieber, not a fan. Taylor Swift, don't get me started. I, uh, it's like, I like Travis Kelsey even less. But then again, do I? No, I don't like either one. They, they're both, like, not for me at all. Um, never liked Eminem. It took about three seconds into the first thing I ever heard. I was like, oh, turn that crap off. Get out of here. Garbage. Now I just, oh, I just offended. I'm, I don't care. I don't like it, so... Too bad. <laughs> you can listen to what you want to with your earbuds or earphones on, please, if that's okay. <laughs> um, <coughs> but it's so celebrity could be anything. It'd be funny to see like a Arnold Schwarzenegger out there. <laughs> no, it would be funny. Uh, but dead or alive? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Dang it! It's like you know, like I wish I had something fresh in my mind. It's like, you know, because I saw this already, and it's just nothing came to my head for the longest time. <sighs> It'd be funny to see, like, a Michael Jordan out there skating and warming up or some, somebody like that, somebody unexpected. But maybe it'd have to be more of a, I don't know, like somebody that actually probably would be, like, it would, they would fit warming up with the wild. Um, it'd be entertaining to see, like, a, I don't know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone out there kind of like skating around or even pretending to be a goalie or something. It'd be interesting. It'd be kind of fun to see. I think it'd be one of those two guys, I think, is where I'm leaning at the end of the day. Uh, here we go. Girls high school hockey section play started this week. Who do you think will win it all in Class A and Class AA? You. Let me tell you something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just imitating an old politician that some of you may like. Not everybody, of course. Uh, section A, girls hockey tournament. There's a couple of posts here, but I think the regular Section A, it's like a low-hanging fruit thing, but in high school and in college, it seems to be a few certain special teams that are always kind of way up there. Um, and I'm going to, I'll probably bounce around and look at other things, but I actually pulled this up before he even sent me that other link as well that showed all the predictions. Uh... I think War Road is going to win for A. I, I just think it's War Road. I mean, it's going to, and I know it reeks of, uh, it reeks of 
low-hanging fruit. But who? First of all, who hasn't heard of War Road? Obviously, there's Thief River Falls, Detroit Lakes. This is this is the 8A, and you can branch around. I mean, it shows how how why, why these players are so emotional when they do win because you gotta really man, you gotta go through a lot to get to the to, to the championship round. Look at look at all these games you gotta play to get to the tournament and all that. You know, all these teams that are involved, and then you end up being number one. It's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, Northern Lakes Lightning. That sounds kind of like a cool name, huh? And <laughs> I like that. But I think War Road wins for single A. As for double A, uh, I know you're going to be like, come on, Joey, really? Yeah, I'm going to say it. Moorhead. Yep, you're like, come on. Yes, Moorhead. I know. And they're like, it's like low-hanging fruit, but who hasn't, who, like when you think about high school hockey, you think about War Road and Moorhead. That's who I think are going to probably get it done. At the end of the day, um, they're they're way at the top. They're pretty much number one for both uh, sides and all that. They're they're number one for both uh, you know sex you know groups I guess so they say uh, a a double a and single a. I think yeah, Duluth Northern Stars. Oh, I like that. But they're like an eighth seed though in seven uh, a. So yes, they do have this pulled up a bit. So <laughs> I did find a the whole whole enchilada ms. MSHSL, Minnesota State High School League, yes. And this is the girls' section, of course. Um, so, War Road will win for uh, single A and Moorhead for double A. That's where I'm leaning. Uh, I'm just, it is what it is. That's kind of how I see it. Um, I'm going to pull up that other group. Here we go. It's right there. It's called Her Ice. Well, who's her? No, I'm just kidding. So, they have, what, 1A, Dodge County, over uh, and Albert Lee. There's some different kinds. Yeah, War Road, Moorhead. Yeah, they both have. Uh, so they have uh, Peter's Champ. Yeah, War Road. They have he has um, War Road winning, and they both have Moorhead winning for the A. So big surprise there. I think both of those teams end up winning the whole enchilada, in my humble opinion. But there's definitely going to be competition from teams like Minnetonka, Lakeville North in the Double A. Hill Murray obviously is a threat. Um, Edina is forever a threat in every form, especially on the boys' side. Coming up later, I could see Holy Angels making a run. Um, Hermantown on the female side, that's kind of cool. Uh, that's a 7A. So, we'll just keep an eye out. I mean, you know, it's cool to have this up and look at these schools, because it's, it's not like I haven't heard of them. And one that's kind of close to home here, Benilde's St. Margaret's. I'd love to see them make a run. I remember they won years ago on the boys' side. Uh, they're, they're right on the border of Golden Valley and St. Louis Park, their Highway 100 area. I like Benilde St. Margaret, the, the Red Knights. So, I, I'm a fan, actually. And I know a few neighbors in where I grew up there, uh, grew up a little bit closer to Highway 100. Well, actually, I'm close to Highway 100 now, too, but just a little bit further north in Golden Valley. Uh, at the moment, I'm really close to Highway 100. What am I saying? But uh, but it's further from an L.S.A. Margaret, maybe an extra mile or so. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I, I know some neighbors there have that. Their, their kids went to that school. Um, I like Ben and Margaret a lot. I'd love to see them go on a run, but I got a feeling it's Moorhead overall for... 2A, and uh, more uh, War Road, Moorhead, yeah, <laughs> Moorhead for double A, War Road for single A. Um, again, that's just kind of where I'm leaning at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of these other schools made things interesting for them. Uh, Holy Angels, I just had a feeling, that one keeps popping up for me, got a feeling they got a chance at something. So we'll see. Um, hopefully that's a fun answer. You don't mind that I at least gave some effort, and I know you said it, it humor, I, I humored you by at least putting effort into it, so I wanted to. Um, there's a little bit of conversation with the Jacques Lemaire 
question a while back. Let's see. I'm going to probably play around here for a second. Oh, boy. Let me see. Now I'm getting myself lost here. But that's the name of the game, folks. That's the name of the game. Oh, come on. Where did it all go? I might have to keep moving pretty quick here. I'll just see. Oh, there's only... Well, what the heck? Okay, we'll move on. That was a different conversation. Jay Bushy jumps... Nope, there's one other thing first. Uh, Derek says, It has been over 20 years since the Wild have last advanced beyond the second round of the playoffs. What year do you think it will happen when the Wild do that again? Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Uh, 2526. 25-26, I think the Wild possibly could have something really cooking with some of these... Uh, a lot of these high-ranking prospects should be coming into their own at that stage or, or not, but if they do, I think the Wild could go on a serious playoff run uh, at that point. So 25-26 is what I'm hoping. Uh, and that's what Morty says. So good to hear from me and Morty there. Yep, Morty agrees, apparently. So, yep. Because Morty responded in that one. Jay Bushy jumps in, says... And great to hear from you, Jay, always. Really appreciate you. The last two games before the All-Star break were pretty uninspiring, that's for sure. I'm thinking we may get a lot of that in the last 33 games. Your thoughts? I think so. Um, like, even the game against the Blackhawks, 2-1, to one, woohoo, you know? It could have easily been 3-2. to two. Just imagine if uh, Vinny Letary wasn't Johnny on the spot with that stop. So, Black <laughs> Blackhawks might have beaten us. It's just they're so, you know, out of it, basically. The Blackhawks are so far out of it. Um, that their season is literally terminal. Like, there's nothing you can do to, to fix it. Where the Wild, it's like critical. Uh, and the, uh, yeah, in medical terms, the Blackhawks are terminal. So, I mean, I think only scoring two goals against the Blackhawks. Peter Merzik is a decent goalie, but it's the Blackhawks, and that's why Merzik and uh, others have been giving up three goals and, and beyond. Um, so, yes, I do think so, yes. That wasn't that good. It definitely wasn't that good of a game. So I'm sure Jay would agree with that, actually. Uh, Derek jumps back in, says, uh, do the Wild not give enough of a chance to our young players, especially if you're not a young player who was drafted in the first round? Do we treat those later round players too much like disposable assets? I think, I think so, yeah. I think a lot of them do not get a chance, and it's extremely frustrating. It's like, you know, and we just love our veterans, and we just love to give them the no-move clause this, and, and no-trade clause that, and it's just, it's extremely annoying. We love we, we love our guys, and then other players. Yeah, it, it does feel like that sometimes, where I think some of these younger players need to be given a chance. I know they're they're afraid. It seems like that they're going to fail, and that's the other side of it. So I think that the Wild need to open up things a little bit for some of these younger players. Some of them aren't ready, I understand, but others might be. Others might be. Uh, at least give them a shot. Like I think Walker, guys like Walker. And, you know, and you know, it's time to say sink or swim for guys like Walker, Beckman, guys like that. Tony Perkle responds with, possibly, I would think it's wise to get the kids some meaningful minutes, especially when injuries thin the ranks. Yeah, some of these guys have more talent than the NHL, uh, than on the NHL roster, excuse me. It's better than, uh, watch, uh, it's better than when Jocks was coach, however. Yeah, because there was that a little bit sometimes. Uh, but no, yeah, yeah, Derek quickly replies with, Jacques Lemaire didn't have much young talent to work with because Tommy Thompson never gave the Wild much work, much to work with beyond the player he took in the first round, if that. Very true. Um, the drafting during the Doug Risebrow dumpster Doug era was flipping horrible. Uh, every time you look at the team, and obviously everybody beyond first round, 
like you'd see first round pick, you know how they have the career numbers up to date, depending on if the player's active or not. When you look at the wild history, as I could even pull it up right now because it's here. I have it up every single show. Or I thought I did. Yeah, I do. It's just I press back too many times. Yeah, like you look at the year after year after year. You know, a couple, maybe in, in some rare cases, certain guys might have played a little bit in the later rounds, partially because they were just kind of older players that were thrown in, or maybe they wound up on different teams. But for quite a while there, after like the second, at least the second round, there was nothing. Um, it was awful. Like Christopher Westblum, ever heard of him? For third round pick, 65th overall by the Wild, 2005. Uh, Andre Fiala. I was like on Andre. It's like a different form of Andre Fiala. I never heard of that guy. 40th overall, Everett Silvertips. Didn't play a game in the NHL. So obviously the drafting was awful. Uh, Sean Lorenz, Arrow Elo. That's a cool name. It rolls right off your tongue, but it's about it. Uh, Chris Folkholt, one game. Matt Hackett, two of 26 games. He was a massive bust. He was traded, but that's uh, that's once you get to uh, up Chuck Fletcher. But the Rise Row era was pretty lousy, to say the least. So many players that didn't come close after the first round. Just in some rare cases, like Gabrick and Schultz, obviously. Schultz was, but Schultz was pretty average. <laughs> pretty average guy. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of young talent. I remember looking in those, uh, the, the Houston, the Cleveland Lumberjacks and eventually the Houston Arrows um, being pretty lame, honest to God. It was pretty lame. So I can understand the conversation back and forth there. I was saying great play, not play, started by favor. Whoops. Uh, Derek Felsko was saying, admittedly, I went to bed after the first period. Yeah, I, I kind of fell asleep, too, and I'm not kidding. I was kind of dozing off. Chicago was terrible, and most of our best guys looked like they were still permanently, uh, mentally on a beach in Turks and, and Fiacos. The fourth landers bailed them out. Yeah, not a good look for a team, allegedly hoping to make a push for the playoffs. Nailed that, absolutely. I was saying Letary with two assists. And a lead for serving save tonight. Derek Felska again says, Good news for Vinny and Jake, Luciani, but it probably will be used as justification to keep Beckman in the press box. So I was afraid of, yes. Um, so, yep, that will wrap up the fan interaction segment. I can't thank you guys enough for listening to this show. Always, always, always. Uh, really appreciate every one of you. No doubt about it. Uh, so, with that said, oh, here we go. Just want to give shout-outs and thank you to every one of you. Uh, obviously, MNW players slash uh, MNW Young Guns, Pavel Burnett, um, uh, Justin Bakke, really appreciate you guys. You do an amazing job. Uh, obviously, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner coming in out of Florida. Really appreciate both of you guys. You're, you do great, great Facebook pages, so major shout-outs to you. And, of course, Crease and Assist Podcast, uh, do a great job, Derek Felska, uh, Kalisha Townsell, and uh, Kalisha Townsell and Teresa Ferries. Hopefully, I said that correctly. Uh, really appreciate all of you. I think you do a fantastic job. And we'll be back to talk about the Minnesota Wild next week. Until then, take care, and we'll see how things go. Mm-hmm.